0: This is episode 127 of the Beyond the Food show, and today we're talking to Dana about achieving balance and avoiding the highs and lows. Ready to do this, girls? Let's do this. My name is Stephanie Dodier, clinical nutritionist. I reverse my diagnosis of anxiety, depression, adrenal fatigue, and obesity by going beyond the food. I can tell you one thing, that willpower, discipline and deprivation aren't the permanent solution to transforming your relationship to food. So how do you leave overeating, emotional eating, food craving and binging behind you so you have the food freedom to achieve all of your goal and be happy now? As a top 25 alternative health podcast in the world, this is the Beyond the Food Show. Hey ladies, this is Stephanie Dodier and today's episode we're talking to a guest. Her name is Dana and Dana is a high achiever, high performing lady in all area of her life. Like most of you listening, like me, she's recognized by everyone about getting stuff done, but she struggles with highs and lows. And she would like to have a smoother ride, not having as much of a highs and as much of a low, but just consistent. And throughout the call, this is a a live coaching call with Dana. Throughout the call, Dana had many what I call ha ha moment. And I want to preamp this call in explaining to you what a ha-ha moment is because I want you to pay attention throughout this podcast to see if you are having any ha moment. An aha moment are a deep understanding of something. It's when your internal self, your body tells you through like tingling in your stomach, true vibration, true butterfly, gut feeling that this is really important, what is being happening at that moment or what is being told to you, that deep knowing that that piece of information is crucial to you. That's what I call a ha-ha moment. It's just a terminology that I've used in all of my program, but I want you to pay attention throughout this podcast. Are you having any of those messages, any of those sensation that would make you pay attention at one part of the podcast? Because that particular part is really important to you. For those that are into the mind body world, this is your spirit, your soul talking to you. So get quiet. You don't have to be laying down, but you could be sitting, get quiet, focus on the next 30 minutes or so, and pay attention to those body messages and see if there is anything that is resonating deeply with you. Ready? Let's do this. Welcome to the show, Dana. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. I'm thankful that you are here and that you have this willingness to share your question publicly so we can help hundreds of other women. So here's a question. What is your question for me today, Dana?
1: So I hope I can be clear. I have been very successful in my life. And if you look at my life and all that I've accomplished and all that I have, you'd say I should be a happy, happy person. But I have this cycling kind of going on where I work very hard and I get success, whether it's losing weight or whether it's a job or whether it's being a good mom or grandmom or whatever. And I get to a point and then I come to kind of a dead stop and then start being fearful of losing what I have or not keeping the I don't want to say status, but keeping the goodwill of like my employer or or I'll start worrying about not being able to do it well enough. So I kind of have this cycle throughout my lifetime and it's kind of I'm either on an upward spiral or a downward spiral and it can be very slow. So it's not like I'm in the depths of depression, but it's like this high up and down. And what I'm looking for advice on is how to live a more balanced life so that I don't have those highs and those lows and also how to kind of stop that downward spiral in its tracks and I know i have heard some of the things that you said like the crave cure and that but Mm -hmm. I was hoping that you might have some other
0: thoughts for me. I think it's going to be a very powerful question and I'll tell you why because many women who just like you or me that are challenged with their relationship to food are performing in many other areas of their life. And they do very well. And then they have the same thing as you. It's like the highs and the lows. So you're going to help a lot of people. So let me ask you a few questions or more. Give me an example of one of those recent spiral up and spiral down. Okay, well, I'll use food since that's
1: primarily uh, geared towards. So I was eating, and it doesn't matter what diet it is or how I'm eating. I was doing ketogenic, Mm -hmm. and I'm very loving towards myself. I'm very positive. I'm very like doing well, and I lose weight. And then I get to a certain weight. Or I get thin, quote unquote, or people start giving me compliments, and then I start freaking out and I start thinking about, excuse me, like I have one thing off, like I get more and more strict. It can be with exercise too. It's like I start out and I'm going and then I, I always have to do better, more, whatever, which you can't maintain long term. And then I get tired, you know, or frustrated. That makes sense?
0: Yep. Yeah. So one question that comes to me right now. With regards to food, this particular example of weight loss or other example you can apply to, what is the intention behind you making a choice of transforming a part of your life? Example, food or weight loss, what is the intention behind that? Are you clear on your intention?
1: My intention the last time, because I did have an intention, was not to be crazy with food. Okay. Okay and not to be crazy around food, which
0: is coming from a negative perspective, I guess. Okay, so let's stay within the food realm of things, and let's start getting some history behind this need to change our weight. How far can you remember you wanting to modulate or change your weight or your food?
1: Probably when I was like seven or eight or something like that. Okay, fair enough. And the thing is, I'm not heavy. I mean, like, it's crazy.
0: Mm -hmm. There's Uh. nothing crazy. Go for it. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's just, it feels crazy. It's not. Don't judge yourself. Mm -hmm. So seven or eight is when you have this first memory of you wanting to modify your body.
1: Well, you know what? It was more my mother wanting to modify my body. Ah,
0: Okay. We're going somewhere. Okay. So your mom led you to, or made you believe that you needed to modify your body. You know what it was?
1: It was that I couldn't trust myself. It's an example, but I ate like four peaches in a row because they were ripe, really good. And my mother was like, you can't eat that many peaches or you're going to get fat. And it was like, I think it was the beginning of a distrust of myself
0: towards food. Is that something that you just recently became aware of, or that's something that's been with you for a long time? You know, I have the memory of the peaches, but the
1: distrust of myself around food just came to me. So that was good.
0: Okay, awesome. So we're having our first haha moment within the first 10 minutes here. So we're good. <laughs> <We're> One track. <laughs> okay. So you were taught to not trust your hunger. Mm-hmm. And then. I'm assuming it continued. Were you since the age of seven or eight in a distrust towards how your body handled food and then you started dieting?
1: Yeah, I started eating, although I didn't frame it this way when I was little, but it would be like, well, what started happening was I started using food, like going to the candy store and like getting 20 pieces of bubblegum and Mm -hmm. chewing them all right in a row on the way home to handle my feelings, I
0: think, you know? Cool. And your mom was putting pressure on you to control your food hungers. Right. Why was your mom doing that? What was her intention?
1: Well, her intention
0: was she wanted me to be
1: happy and love. But I think the underlying issue was her grandmother was fat and they had both. My parents had a real fat phobia
0: thing going on. Could we say she was unconscious of her fat phobia?
1: Yeah. Not in a destructive way. She was trying to be loving. She was
0: trying to, to help me. I mean, I know her, there was no ill will. Yes. Toward me. So in her own conscious state, she believed that that was the best thing to teach you. Right. She wanted me to
1: look good and have a good life and be happy. And she thought
0: then that was the way to do it. Yeah. And by not trusting our hunger, by controlling our hunger. Right. Yeah. Good point. Okay. So that's what somehow she learned in the path, either from her own mother or from the environment of dieting. And then she passed that what she believed to be the best knowledge to her daughter. Then her daughter began this journey of not trusting herself with food, which launched her into a journey of wanting to modify her body and dieting. Right. And I just got something too, that
1: that her let me see, her grandmother lived with her father and mother and her grandmother was not a very nice person and she was very, very heavy. And so the grandmother would fight with her father constantly at dinner about being fat. So she incorporated in her mind that being fat was dangerous. And I think that's what I have in my mind too, that that fat is dangerous. You know what I mean? Like it sounds kind of crazy, but as a little kid. Fat is dangerous. So we dare to be fat. Yeah. Because that's danger. Well, people will be mad at you and yell at you and not treat you nicely. And yeah, which is yeah. not really true, but I can see that
0: unconsciously. That was her viewpoint. So you've used a very key word here, unconsciously.
1: So yeah. right
0: now in your mind, we have two parts to our mind. As you know, you're a Beyond the Food Academy student. So you know conscious and subconscious mind, right? Mm-hmm. So our life is driven 90% of the time from the subconscious mind. Right. right. So subconsciously, because our subconscious mind is programmed is vast majority before the age of 10. Your mom programmed you that fat is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And a method to avoiding danger is to not trust your hunger cues. Right. So you're running off that programming today at how old are you? Oh, 64. Okay. So you're running off that program. Yes. Here's the good news. It's only a program. Yeah. It's like a floppy disk. Back in the days, remember, you can change the floppy disk. (laughs) Oh, I want to change that floppy disk, Stephanie. (laughs) (laughs) The first thing to change the floppy disk is to be aware that that's the programming. So that's why I always try to bring people back to where it started. Mm -hmm. So we are conscious of where this thing started. And for most people, it's for most women, relationship to food start when they're young, but it could be an event that happened later in life. It just happens that for most of us, it's before the age of 10. And it's unconsciously being taught to us by our Mother or maternal figure in our life because they or she had the same relationship to their weight, food, and body. Mm-hmm. So it was then The good thing about you is that you are in a positive state in relationship to your mom. You know she was doing that with the best intention. So there's no resentment and anger you have to get over. Yeah, none at all. None at all. all right. So in this journey when your mom was there in dieting, was there a desire to please her.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I think I had two desires. One was to please her, and when I couldn't please her, to rebel.
0: Okay, so what does rebel look like for you?
1: Well, at that time, it was going to the candy store and eating candy or sneaking food and then eating all the things I wasn't supposed to eat. So it was that, yeah, that back and forth kind of be really good and then not being able to maintain it. And that
0: rebellion event was without the knowledge of your mom? Oh yeah, totally. I would sneak it. Okay. So this desire to modify body and dieting and weight was in part as a desire from a little girl to satisfy mom. Right. The reason why I ask this question is for many women, we have... We want to prove ourselves to the world and we have great capacity. We're very smart, so we're very successful. But we tend to do that from a wanting to prove ourselves or satisfy other people in our life, prove our worth. So is there a potential that this journey with dieting and weight has at the base a desire to prove yourself or get love?
1: Absolutely. I think that I thought, yeah, I think that I thought that if I was thin, my mom would love me and she'd accept me. And yeah, I'd be who she wanted me to be and I'd get what I wanted,
0: which was her love. Yeah. Which is the relationship between a child and her mother, right? Getting left. Right. right. So is it possible that still today at 64, when you are trying to modify your body or go on a diet, in part is to get acceptance and love from your external environment absolutely
1: it's it's trying to get approval approval acceptance yeah
0: right so the intention behind it is to get this approval so it's an external feeling and then once you get there and starting to get compliment you're like in your little child is like oh my god what is this yeah is it possible that you're almost fearing that subconsciously, which makes you spiral down?
1: Yeah, which is interesting because that mimics my mom's relationship with myself too as a child. Ah. she would overwhelm me when I would become overwhelmed with her feelings and her, you know, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's overwhelming when I get there because I can see how I wanted to be close and yet being close was also dangerous and kind of scary. And overwhelming. Yeah. Overwhelming. Totally overwhelming.
0: Yeah. So you're mimicking that today? Well, crap. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just put our finger on it. (laughs) I know. No, I mean, it's just, yeah. Right? Yeah. This is a skill set, as far as I'm concerned, that we should be taught when we're in school, right? I know, oh, really? Where were you?
1: <laughs> you were already born.
0: <laughs> I wasn't born yet in your case. <laughs> but, you know, and, and there's, as I travel the world, I see different culture. And I can say that today, certainly in certain culture that's being taught to people, unfortunately, where we both are from, which is modern North America, we've never been taught of that. Mm-hmm. So we, we're never taught how to deal with our mind and our choices and our life. So we replicate programming that we don't even know are there. So in your case, as you mentioned earlier, you're not even heavy, but yet you're pursuing this modification of your body your whole life. Yeah. But what you were really seeking is acceptance from your mother as you are at that moment and love for what you are instead of what you can be or could be or will be.
1: And then the unconscious part of it is that I didn't believe I could really get what I needed from my mom. Mm -hmm. So I don't, that I'm carrying that over too, that that's where I dead end. You know what I mean? When I get to a place.
0: Wow. So I want you to take a few seconds here. Close your eyes. And take, like we teach in the Crave Care formula a few seconds here to absorb all of this, because it's it's a few haha moments here. How do you feel? i feel I feel
1: kind of shaky, okay and but at the same time, kind of bright, awesome, yeah you feel any tension anywhere in your body? A little bit in my shoulders and my jaw.
0: Okay.
1: I know my stomach
0: just got it when I said that. Awesome. So you've got a great connection with your body of sensation. I do a lot of yoga. Okay, good. So for the listeners that are listening to our discussion, like what the heck are they talking about? so i'm going to give a little bit of perspective while you continue to be in your body to feel all of this coming up and how it feels i'm going to teach the listener that our emotion our feelings are actually waves of energy in our body they're they're literal things we can't feel sense they're just like butterflies in our stomach tension in our shoulder there's this untouchable things so one of the things when we're struggling with food and our relationship to food, we tend to cut off from our body. We tend to disconnect from our body because we don't know how to handle those, those sensations and those emotions. So part of the journey is to reconnect physically to our body and feel those emotions. So that's what I was asking Karen to do is to use a crave care formula or breathing exercise, close her eyes, so she can feel everything we just uncover, because that's intense, that's a lot of stuff, how it felt in our body and how our body was processing it. So that's what she's been doing for the last few minutes here. Do you have any more things you want to share with us on how it feels in your body? No, I just, it was just more, it
1: kind of went down my legs to my feet. Like I really feel my whole body, which I can't say that I usually feel all of it at the same time. It's like, it's very Usually I can feel different parts of my body, but I feel very integrated right this second.
0: A unit. That's the word that came to me. Yeah. So you feel like a whole unit between your head and your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, connected. That's good. So this, this sensation that is being created in Dana's body is because this entity that's called the soul, the spirit whatever the religious belief you are, or if you believe in the universe, it's that, that soul or spirit that's like, yes, she got it. Like it's the vibration of that, that she's feeling in her body. So it means that it's really important for her in the same way that if we, if it was a negative situation and Dana would feel a lot of like negative tension in her body or like pain in her stomach, that would also, signified to her that that's something there that she needs to pay close attention to. So, from what she's describing, it's all good, positive feelings. We're going to take a quick break from our chat to give a shout out to our show sponsor, Health IQ. And I am so excited to be partnering with them and bringing you forward an innovative insurance company for the American listener. Health IQ helps health-conscious people like yogis, runners, cyclists, weightlifters to get lower rate on their life insurance. Just like you save money on your car insurance for being a good driver, Health IQ saves you money on life insurance for living a health-conscious lifestyle. Isn't it time that we get rewarded for our good health choices? Now, how do you get started? Very simply by qualifying through the Health IQ quizzes. And also, listen to this, if you submit actual training data through the various apps available, you can save additional dollars. To get started now, simply go to stephaniedodier.com forward slash health IQ and take the test to see if you qualify. And when you get to speak to an agent, mention the code Food to support the show. So get started now on saving money on your life insurance. Now a shout out to our other show sponsor, Muse. And I'm very grateful to team up with Muse to bring you the first tool in the world to help you learn to meditate at home. Muse is a wearable brain-sensing headband that measures our brainwave and sends the feedback to an app on our personal device. I love my Muse because it transform my meditation practice. I wear it daily for my 10-minute session in the morning and it coaches me through my practice by giving me real-time feedback on what's happening in my brain and helping me refocus during my meditation. I love this partnership with Muse because it brings the tool to the first-timer and it helps expand the practice of the more advanced meditator. So it's time for you to get your Muse on and learn to calm your mind through meditation. And here's the thing, as a listener of the Going to Beyond the Food show, you get 15% off of the purchase of your Muse. To take advantage of this offer, simply go to stephanie.com. dot com forward slash muse and again the url is stephanie com forward slash muse and register through this url to get fifteen percent off so join me in my 10 minutes meditation practice every morning and get our muse on and go beyond the food together so there's one more thing I want to talk about that came to me that is something that high-performing women have a challenge integrating in their life. And I know for me, it is a consistent challenge is this whole expectation of balance. And this, this concept that we have that at some point, we will have balance in our life. Is that a belief of yours, Dana?
1: Yeah, I don't know that I want total balance, but I just don't want so much high and so much low. Mm -hmm.
0: I don't know when you have a lot of self-awareness, which is the thing we need to have a a balanced, quote-unquote healthy balanced relationship to food, that the highs and the lows will completely disintegrate. Because when we, the highs and the lows are in part what allows us to go on the journey of learning. Mm. So this, this I don't know, 45, 50-year-old relationship with food that you have driven you up and down, right, mm-hmm. has been your teacher. That's true. Right? It's been... It's been what has allowed you to come to here and have this conversation with me and and doing the work in the academy and all of this stuff. Without it, you probably would have not discovered this part of your relationship to your mom. And in any situation where we learn and grow, there's always this this up and this down that goes alongside to it, is how we perceive the highs and the lows. Okay. Okay. And I want to I say tinted when we're high performing is this expectation of perfection, right? Of in being in control or of like having less highs and less lows so we're more neutral. So I just want to uh, bring attention to you and to everybody listening. There's nothing wrong with highs and lows. It's how we handle them, how we perceive them, our expectation out of them. And, and I want to say further, in today's world, where we see other people's lives through social media or reality TV, we believe that life should be a certain way. And people don't tend to share their lows. They always share the high. So I have a ton of lows all the time. And I, I share them as much as I can, because I want to tell the world, and especially women, that it's okay to have lows. It's where we process emotion or process situation that we can learn from. But the sole expectation of not having those loaves is something that I don't know. I don't want to say possible, but I don't know that that's is going to get us to be the best version of ourselves. What do you think, Dana?
1: I see what you're saying because it is the challenges where you, it's kind of like lifting the heavy weight versus lifting the lightweight. You yes. don't build muscle or you don't, you know, gain what you're looking for. So yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And you're right about the looking at everybody else's life from the um, outside and not the inside is very misleading.
0: Yes. Yeah. Not that I want everybody to hit rock bottom, but the greatest lesson in life that I've learned are from my rock bottom. Okay. It's interesting because you say I
1: heard you say uh, talk about relationship with food as if it's a person, which mm-hmm. I love that concept because I'd never thought about that before. And if I think about my marriage, the times when that have made my marriage stronger were the times when you almost thought it might end. And then you re- recommit and do something different. And it's kind of the same
0: idea with food or eating or whatever. Yeah. Yes, sister. This is profound here for you. I'm getting goosebumps all over my body, which is a signal for me that, that what you just said here or what was said is really profound. So yeah. I think you, you are in a marriage for a long time, Dana. Yeah, it's a second marriage, but it's uh, almost 20 years. Yeah, so you're totally right. Your relationship to food is like your marriage. It's a partner for some of us. Not everybody, but people who listen to this podcast have this emotional tonality to their relationship to food. So it's your teacher. It'll never be streamlined because you are being signaled by your body your soul your spirit that something needs to be learned and you tend to go to food as that teaching so totally agree with this image that you've done here yes it is a third person you can learn from it and it's very similar to a marriage and don't expect perfection it's not a disease i want to say it's not a disease binging overeating craving is not a disease to be fixed it's a relationship of companion. Does that help you?
1: Yeah, it's, it's like opens up a whole mindset that I haven't thought about before.
0: So yeah, it's not the enemy.
1: No, no. And it's nothing to be afraid of. I think that is the, where I need to get is not to be afraid of food because I think yeah. I have been, or afraid of my choosing foods to eat.
0: Yes. And in part you dial back to 10 year old, that's where it came from. Right. And then it got made like, I want to say worse, but more intense with all the dieting world teaching. Right. Mm -hmm. And then not talking about the whole world of like organic toxic food that makes it even worse. Right.
1: Yeah. It's just, everybody's focused. Most women I know are focused on losing weight no matter how thin or heavy they are. Yeah,
0: exactly. So where are we at with relationship with the question you've asked me?
1: So I've gotten a lot of knowledge and I guess where I'm, where I am right now is I gained insight to my childhood, like the overwhelming and the, and why I think fat's dangerous, which is awesome. But like, so when I start to get a negative spiral, yes, how can I use that knowledge to help stop the spiral?
0: Good question. So you are aware of what creates that pattern in your life now. Mm-hmm. So this, what needs to happen is I think you already have a lot of that is self-awareness. So the next time the situation presents itself and you're triggered to go, I don't know, on the next diet or the net restriction or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Be aware that it's happening. Don't react and go on the next diet. You know what I'm saying? Like, create enough space through mindful movement, breathing, like awareness. Oh, this is what's happening right now. Let me step back a moment here and let me connect to myself, like you just did, right? Mm -hmm. How does it feel? Okay, where is this coming from? Am I reacting from this old programming, or do I really need to cut this food or go on a diet? have perspective through self-awareness and choose to not react to this old programming. So in your case, dieting likely is something that will keep triggering you and rehappening, but it's something that you'll likely, through self-awareness, have to say no to. Right.
1: And I've been doing that which is, which is scary, but wonderful. And the cycles are smaller. Like I'll Good. be afraid. And then I'll be like, no, that's okay. I can gain a couple pounds. I just bought bigger shorts for a vacation just in case. I'm like, I'm committed <laughs> to this. I bought clothes. It's funny, it's the opposite of what I usually do. But what I really got while you were talking is that what Typically happens, I think, is I feel overwhelmed, and then I want to control the overwhelm, which is a childhood feeling Uh of not being close. And then what I do is I try and control what I can control, like I did when I was a little kid, which was what I put in my mouth because it was the only thing I could really control. And I'm still in that cycle. So as an adult, I can say, okay, I'm overwhelmed. What's really overwhelming me?
0: Yes. And living through the wave of highs and low and not expecting to be neutral so the overwhelming feeling will get still present will maybe get less with time but it will still get present because changing a programming of the subconscious mind is not something we do overnight
1: Mm -hmm.
0: if anybody promised any one of you listening right now to change your programming overnight this is bs this is something that's deep inside it's like a groove in the road that has been dug through thousands and thousands of people walking through it or cars going through it, we don't fix that overnight. We need to create another groove beside it that we choose our thoughts to go through. So it takes time. So compassion, being patient with yourself is extremely important and recognizing that the overwhelming feeling – to so the potentiality of you gaining one or two pounds is normal. But then work with your breath, work with your yoga to ride that wave and release it from your body instead of trying to control the intensity of it. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. It's like it's, it's doing the opposite of what I've done my whole life, which is basically
0: go towards it instead of away from it beautiful way of saying it so let me ask you this your practice of yoga has it been a long time yes off and on for 30 years okay and the intention behind you practicing yoga is to be centered and be in the present moment okay and the teacher that have taught you yoga have they taught you to avoid sensation or to feel the sensation Definitely
1: feel the sensation and be kind and do what your body needs in the moment. Yeah, totally.
0: So I'm going to ask you to extend that to your feelings and emotion and overwhelmment. Take your philosophy of yoga. So what Dana, for the listener, has learned through yoga, which can be extended to any mindful movement art or practice is in relationship to the body because that's what the teacher teach, but it's a philosophy that is to be extended through everything in life. Like when we say take it off the mat, you heard that expression, right? Definitely. So take that 30-year teaching that is in you and it put it outside of the mat. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that?
1: No, totally. And I've intellectually been hearing that, but I don't know that I've been incorporating that. With around food, especially, yes, or overwhelm, for that matter, overwhelm's a big thing for me and control, so those two things of uh yeah, that's big to let go of control and accept overwhelm.
0: Yeah, and let the tear flow, the rage come out of you, whatever it is, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, right? And it's you're going to gain one or two pounds, you're going to be frustrated, right? Yeah, let it come out, mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't try to suppress it, mm-hmm but move on from it.
1: Right. See, the almost boggles my mind. Like I can get mad that I gained a couple pounds instead of getting mad at myself and like, but just get frustrated that that's part of the process as opposed to there's something wrong with me or I'm not doing it right.
0: Yeah. So you're becoming frustrated. Why? What is it the frustration with? The frustration
1: is that Now, I think the frustration is that I have to learn to trust myself, and that might mean gaining a few pounds, so I can Uh be frustrated with that, but the positive outcome long-term is where I want to go. Before, it was that I was going to gain a few pounds, and I wouldn't be lovable or accepted, or my
0: clothes wouldn't fit. Like, it was all like, there was no upside to it, really. Exactly. So now it's about taking that as a teacher. I'm going to extend it a little bit further. And go into the rational part of your mind a little bit. Let's say you gain five pounds. Mm -hmm. Let's imagine that. What is the worst thing that can happen?
1: Yeah. I buy the shirts I already bought.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right? You're not going to die.
1: No. no. Your husband's
0: not going to divorce you.
1: No. And my friends will still love me. Yeah.
0: You'll still do yoga. You'll still be able to walk. You'll still be healthy. You're just going to have five more pounds on the scale.
1: And here's the funny thing, that the thing that I'm always worried about, I think, underneath of it all is that judgment, criticism. Uh, And then I think that that would mean that I wouldn't have some of the good things. But really, that's not true. Like A plus B does not equal C. Like gain five pounds, people criticize me and judge me. Well, they might say she gained five pounds, but that doesn't mean that they won't love me or they won't be my friends or I'll get divorced or, yeah.
0: And I've been- Yes, sister. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So where you go when the fear of five pounds goes, you goes into that whole programming of rejection from your mother. Right. And danger. And you extend it to the rest of the world, your friends, your circle, your yoga friends, your husband, and you think everybody thinks like that. Right. But it's not true. But again, this will get triggered very often, but the self-awareness piece, which you're very fortunate because you're practicing already, will allow you to bring yourself back to your current reality, your new reality that it really doesn't matter. It will take effort to bring yourself back there, right? In this new groove that you're trying to dig.
1: Definitely. I'm going to like write it down and walk around with a
0: card that... Yes. <laughs> Well, there's some psychotherapist who makes their client wear elastic band. Did you know about that?
1: I've heard that for like not criticizing. You'd have to snap yourself or whatever it is. Yeah.
0: Whatever the behavior or the thoughts or the groove you're trying to change, every time you're having it, you're like the Pavlov dog, right? You slap yourself with the elastic band. Right. I like the card better because it's not as violent, right? (laughs)
1: Right. I've already been beating myself (laughs)
0: So let's stick with the affirmation card here. But yeah, that's the idea. And then sometimes, here's for the listener, sometimes before you catch yourself, it may take three days. Like you may not catch yourself within the hour. It may take a week, three days, two days, and then all of a sudden, oh my God, what am I doing? But those times will get smaller and smaller and smaller as you dig that groove in that new way of thinking in your subconscious mind.
1: Well, and I love, I just can't help but saying that the intention behind why I'm doing it, you're doing it, whoever's doing it, is if you can keep the goal in mind, then the process doesn't mean anything unto itself. Like one piece of the process doesn't mean like, so you gain five pounds, but that's not the end of the game. You know what I mean? Like the end goal is something positive. That's really big for me. Big picture. And something much bigger
0: than five pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's a way of life. It's a way of interacting with the world. It's a way of seeing brighter color in life. Mm -hmm.
1: And gaining five pounds is not failure. It's a path to the future goal.
0: Yes. Yes. That's huge. Huge. Awesome. So we've had a number of ha ha moments. So how to do that now? Are you clearer and have a path? I am clearer
1: and I have a path. I'm going to write all this down and try and really get it. It's funny because when you get, I don't know about you, but when you get aha moments, uh-huh. and with a lot, it's like, it's all like this big, you think you have it. And then when you hang up, you're like, uh, what happened? But luckily. <laughs> well,
0: that's what I was going to say. Don't worry about writing. It's going to be forever on iTunes. Awesome. <laughs> you can listen to it forever and beyond.
1: Oh my God. This was so Fabulous. I mean, I've done all sorts of things. I just have to say, this is like a promo for you, but it's like, you're good. You're really good. I've done therapy. I've done coaching. I've done everything under the sun. And in this short period of time, I've had more awareness that is cohesive than ever. This is really amazing. You're amazing. Thank you, Stephanie.
0: Thank you so much for this beautiful testimonial that wasn't requested. It's even more powerful. And here's what I want to say. Part of the reason why my coaching is different is because I haven't learned to coach from books. I've learned to coach from street smarts. So for some people, that's more aggressive, but it gets real tools to people. And there's nothing wrong from coaching from a book, but often the teaching or the coaching is not as reality-based. So what you got today is like pure reality. And I think that's why it creates those ha-ha moment for you. And the women that come to me are women like you, like they really want to change. Mm -hmm. Like They have been like you through a lot of coaching and practice and therapies and nothing has worked to their satisfaction. So thank you for being open to that more direct type of coaching. No, I love it.
1: I love it. Thank you. And I think your authenticity, which is what you're talking about, street mm-hmm. smart that you're, you live it and you feel it and you're doing everything you're asking anyone else to do. So it comes from a place of real authenticity um, and sharing. Your, absolutely. That you've gained the hard way too, <laughs> I'm guessing.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I thank you for your willingness to ask this question. And for your beautiful words for me. And we'll see you in the academy because you're a student of the academy. So it's not the end for our relationship. But thank you very much for being here.
1: Thank you, Stephanie.
0: There you have it, ladies. Did you follow my instruction at the beginning of this podcast? Did you have any of those haha ha moments like Dana had during the podcast, those deep messages to pay attention to that one part of the interview. If you did, I want to know about them. Share them with me on social media, DM me on Instagram, private message me on Facebook. Leave a review of the podcast with the ha moment you had and that moment where you paid attention to what was important for you and your life and how this podcast helped you so can't wait to hear from you about those haha moment and don't forget if you want to register for the next round of the Beyond the Food Academy. Dana is one of those students from the academy. You can go to the show note at slash 127 or go to my website directly, stephaniedose.com slash academy, and you can put yourself on the waiting list for the next round. I love you, and I look forward to see you on the next podcast episode. Did you know that nine out of 10 women are struggling with their relationship to food? Overeating, emotional eating, binging, and craving are real. Clearly, the solutions we have been taught aren't working. I believe to have food freedom, it means that we must learn to have a relationship with our hunger so we can finally be at peace with food and eat normally without guilt or shame. Which is why I wrote the Crave Cure Guide. I wanna show you how to have a completely different relationship with food so that you can be in control of what you eat, achieve your goal, and be the powerful woman you were meant to be. The best part is, This book and the step-by-step process is absolutely free. To receive your free copy, simply go to stephaniedodier.com forward slash guide and we can get started right now.